2: beyond and hello everyone my name is jonathan Dornbush, and this is podcast beyond episode 624 the final one of 2019 and with that cheers to everyone cheers, cheers. hey look at
3: we got we got a holiday thing yeah. oh apart right. right. oh, yeah. from me yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. great work everybody i'm representing those who do not celebrate christmas uh festivus and, and yeah what are you talking
4: festivus. about you have a
0: white mug that's that's snow. that's
3: santa's beard Yeah. Yeah.
0: Were were we supposed to coordinate mugs? No. Because I have a cup here, too, just a regular cup. Looks like we coordinated without even trying. Yeah. Pretty cool.
2: That's what this show is, coordination without even trying. That's right. Uh, This is our final episode of the year. Uh, For those who may be tuning in for the first time, this is going to be a very different episode than we normally do. Uh, As we're recording this, two days after we last recorded the last episodes of the show for a little bit behind the curtain, there's not much new PlayStation news to talk about. Uh, It's pretty quiet at this moment. This episode will be going up the last week of the year. So I thought we could have a bit more of a a relaxed, laid-back episode.
3: You say that, but now I just know that in this period, NAC 2 is going to be announced. Wait, NAC 3 is going to be announced announced. for the PlayStation 5. Like, it's just going to happen.
2: Because you said that. I mean, I hope. That'll give me something to do over.
4: I think they should make a NAC 3 called NAC 2.
2: (laughs) NAC 2, yeah. And
4: just see what happens. Just see
2: if anyone notices. Yeah, that would be impressive. Apparently NAC 2 is quite good. I never played it.
4: I talk about this a lot on the show, that both of those games are pretty okay.
2: Mm. Yeah. Anyway, before we begin, whatever the show is going to end up being, and that's pretty much what you can expect, uh, I did want to read a comment of the week. Uh, we've started doing this recently where we're highlighting some of the positivity in the comment feeds of Podcast Beyond. This one comes from episode 622's comments, since that's the last one up when we are recording, uh, from Chris on the YouTube, which is YouTube.com slash Beyond. Chris said... Being a transplant, I'm always sick or in the hospital. I had major surgery on November 6th and just healed from that, but I'm back in for something else. But one thing I always make sure to have on my iPod so I can watch is beyond GameScoop and MVC. Take that, Unlocked. All you guys are great. I will continue to watch you guys no matter what, even if it's from a hospital bed at eight at night waiting for meds. Oh, that'd be sweet. And I want to say that one, yeah, thank you for watching the show in whatever state you are in. I hope you are recovering soon uh, and quickly and uh, speedy recovery to you. Uh, but thank you so
3: much for. Shout still out, like, in. shout out to. To you, because I like I am a very fortunate person, but I did spend one uh, holiday period in hospital, and it was it was not it was, it They're not known for being really fun places. Yeah, no. it's not the greatest place to to spend um, your holiday time, and and so yeah, I'm pleased that we can give a little bit of yeah relief.
0: Yeah, yeah. thanks and, for thanks for sticking with us, because yeah. if people didn't watch or listen, we would I don't know we'd just be sitting in a room just talking for no reason. You yeah, know? so it's
3: like like. Friends do like friends. like a normal. We do that situation.
0: sometimes off off the mics and it's we hate it. It's, it's awful. No <laughs> idea what any of you are talking about.
2: Yeah, uh, no. But thank you and thank you to everyone who's listened or watched the show over the course of 2019, over the course of any time at all since it has started, um, and into 2020. It's going to be an extremely busy, crazy year, and I imagine we'll have so much to talk about week over week next We're going year. To talk about Goku so much in January. We are. I'm looking forward to it. Oh. By yeah. this
4: time next year, we will all have the PlayStation Five.
2: Yeah, that's weird.
4: And yeah. we'll probably be, like, really annoyed with, like, certain parts of it that we, at one point we thought would be the most revolutionary thing. Can possible.
0: you believe yeah. the index button? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought they'd put the index button there?
3: Although i got to say, like, I was looking through the comments on the last episode where we were sort of saying what we wanted. And honestly, Max, ringtone, like, t- like mm-hmm. console-baked ring-tones. ringtones. That's a great idea. It's yeah. such a great idea.
0: The, uh, uh, the we star- should, they, they should
3: pay you... So much money for that idea.
0: I invented the, the noises that you put in the Tesla that make it sound like old-timey cars or TIE fighter engines. I invented that by saying, I have a cool idea. That was years ago. That's right. And yeah. that Elon Musk doesn't he doesn't he didn't want to pay me for that. He didn't. I want to make get like a nice car, make it sound like an old-timey jalopy, you know? <laughs> Or like a bicycle that has a playing card in the spokes? So you can year, do the year No, I just I wanted yeah. to. The you know what?
3: I oh. was, um, sorry. I'm no, sorry. It's this episode. You That's know? what this episode is. Um, I just want to say I rode in my very first Tesla last night. And I didn't really remember much of it because it was right after our holiday party. And it was going from the venue to my house. And like I just looked at the. For,
4: the- for clarity, you, you didn't drive this.
3: Yes, it was. A, no, I I was in the it was back a seat ride. I was in the back seat with my head on my girlfriend's shoulders. Um and yeah, I I'm just kind of disappointed that that was my first ever Tesla Were you experience. the whole time
0: you're like, "Wow, I wish this sounded like an old time?" I
3: was like, like a, "I've got to be honest. I, I was like, that is like a motorboat. That a would have wolf. made this experience like 100 times." Well, cooler. that's my
0: business strategy: is ringtones for other stuff besides the phone. What I else? think microwave should have it. Well, I How think did you your food put your done? head on
4: both of your girlfriend's? Shoulders. As I
3: said, sh- as I said, shoulders. I was like, "Oh no, Altano is going to bring that up."
4: Does she? F- <laughs> is she able to fold <laughs> in half like a scissor?
3: <laughs> it's a trick. It's a trick.
0: That's why I'm I'm dating a playing card.
2: (laughs) (laughs) For reference, we're recording this show, as Lucy mentioned, the morning after our holiday party and shortly after our office white elephant exchange. Uh, What did everyone end up with?
4: Third year in a row, I brought a bottle of vodka and left with almost the exact same bottle of vodka, so things are going good. I'm her.
0: bad at that. I'm bad at the white elephant. I'd be like, I, if they were trying to figure out if I was with the Dalai Lama, I wouldn't be, because I'd pick the wrong thing. Because
4: like, you're not a you're not a, a, like a cutthroaty thief. You have to get up there and really like, get
0: no, in. No, but you can't. I, I guess I should have sh- stolen a known quantity, but I grabbed some mysterious bag, and it was full of red wine.
3: I mean, that's fine. I decided I to play wine. the game... This year, yeah. and I stole from Damon Hatfield and got a bottle of Maker's Mark.
4: That's good. If you don't I like do drinking red red it. wine, you can cook with it.
0: I don't want yeah. to do that either.
3: Yeah, but like, who's wanted. like, who's it's like, mm, this will help me cook? Like, I don't know. that's the, like my, a crap my entire
4: present. family. I yeah. mean, that's the thing is, a I wonderful have, mas- marsala. Every, everyone from my country, red wine is Italy. all right.
0: I have, I have a bunch of it already, and the reason I still have well, it is because I go and get drink cooking with big boy.
2: Don't call me big boy. Did you get that one red? <laughs> it was a slip it's all good um so anyway playstation uh no i wanted the show to be weird and loose and fun because it's the end of the year i think we all need you know a bit of a relaxation period before Ugh. 2020 begins um i did want to ask though like on the topic of top 100 ps4 games. top 100 yeah list them all right now uh no i wanted to know like ps4 or otherwise i'm really curious because this is the thing that like i think about for christmas and holiday break is what am i going to play what am i going to catch up on what is something from this year that you think people may not have gotten the chance to play and that they should over these next couple of weeks if they have time off, if they don't, but like something that people should look out for before the onslaught of 2020?
4: Um, man, uh, Baba is You was a really fun puzzle game that I think got a little bit of love at the Game Awards, but and maybe a little bit of love in our awards or, or no.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it one yeah. Puzzle game? Yeah, I
4: thought that
3: I'm one was super I'm not going to say one. It, there was, it got some love. Let's just Good. put it that way, because yeah. I don't
0: remember. Oh. What, in, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? What is that? That's
3: the Cats trailer.
0: <laughs> so this like I was saying, there's ringtones for all sorts of stuff. That should have less ringtones. You just had the cat's trailer up? I, apparently yeah, so. I think maybe I was brand. watching it last night. I think night. it would be less embarrassing if you just blasted hardcore <laughs> pornography. At, <laughs> yeah, like seriously. To be like, oh, I just sorry, I just had the cat's trailer queued up. Good to go. Those <laughs> Jellicle cats, Mr. Mistopheles, Rum Tum Tugger, <laughs> they're all I'm, back awesome. the I'm
3: unapologetic about my um, my adoration for this film that I have yet to see, but I Same. know it's going to be a, a nightmare hellscape but i can't wait.
0: no it's a great it's a great holiday it's a great holiday time because we have a very erotic cat film and we have a big high-stakes space film but next year we're getting one in the same avatar 2 it's going to be horny cats and space battles all in one place the shape of water avatar 2 that's not going to of water
4: those movies are never coming out i saw the shape
3: of water with my parents just being like oh i just feel like, this is a whimsical Guillermo del del Toro movie. It's going to be, like, charming and, you know, full of, like, magical creatures. And then there was, like, just furious masturbation within the first ten minutes. Sitting next to my dad.
2: I was sitting Uh, next to Jobert.
3: So, yeah, about this. (laughs) Which Uh, is worse? (laughs) Lucy, what about you? Oh, um, this year, I feel like I have had an, an interesting year in that I haven't really played anything that's kind of not like like I've played pretty mainstream stuff yeah um I will say that I'm really excited for Disco Elysium to come to the PlayStation Yeah. For, like cool. next year just because it sounds every everything that like has been described to me about that game has just sounded like my jam and I am so excited to play it but I don't have a I don't have a PC um so yeah I'm super stoked to play that in 2020 and I think that you know we should all Dig into that one just because it is apparently fantastic. Very yeah. excited about that. I yeah. definitely want to make some time for that.
0: Max, what about you? Uh, what am I? What am I playing? Or what do I recommend? What would you recommend? Um, Judgment. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very cool kind of beat 'em up mystery game. I'm actually like I'm at that point in the, the sort of the last chapter where they're like, Hey, this is the ending. Do you want to do other stuff first? Do you want to go do the <laughs> ending? And I'm like, Oh, I should go do other stuff. So I'm doing like stupid side missions and. I did that thing where I'm like, oh, I can finally finish this damn game I've been chipping away at since, like, August or whatever. And then immediately got sidetracked and was like, I'll play more Resident Evil. I want to fight the alligator. I'm just like, what am I doing? I just need to finish the... I got to finish that by the end of the year. Yeah. So, but uh, I think... I, I mean, I feel like Control was our game of the year. I feel like not enough people played that or were talking about it. Yeah. It, um,
2: it never showed up on uh, MPD. It's wild. I think... I mean,
0: I think that's a really good point to make.
3: Like, we have been celebrating Control for the last, like month basically because it was our game of the year but so few people have actually played it i remember when we launched game of the year and people in the comments were like this is the first i've heard of this game's existence
2: yeah yeah i saw that a lot even from people in the facebook group and i'm like we did an episode where janet and i talked about it so much but yeah it is something that definitely flew under the radar and i think it's crazy to me, like, Remedy as a studio, it's mm. the people who made Max Payne, which was such an iconic franchise for its time, right. and then has kind of slipped away. Even though they've made big projects like Alan Wake and whatnot, they tend to fly under the radar. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there's something really great about their method of, like, third-person action storytelling and the weirdness that they bring forward. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. And as a PSVR one, I know we talked about it on the show a lot, but Blood and Truth. Blood like, if Truth, you haven't sorry. played Blood and Truth and you do have PSVR... Please play it. Uh, There's been a bunch of free DLC challenges for it. The most recent one they announced this week is basically like rhythm based. They released four levels that remix versions of the soundtrack score. And it's a good score too. Yeah. It's a really good soundtrack and you're basically scored based on both your accuracy and your shooting, but also your rhythm and timing how you shoot. So there's really cool stuff going on there. London studios are really cool part of the Sony first party family that we haven't gotten to talk about as much because they haven't made as many games, but I think they've, They've done such a great job what else have they
0: done besides blood and truth do we know
2: they had been working on the singstar
0: franchise wow yeah so they know their way around a rhythm game that's cool
2: yeah and they were doing uh they helped a lot obviously with playstation Mm -hmm. vr worlds or whatever that thing was called
0: uh when vr first launched i I would love to see them do a non-vr game yeah like just do a a conventional action game
3: how big was singstar in the states I think in the PS2
2: era, it was kind of big. Right. It, it definitely fell off once the PS3 wasn't as big of a hit. It but... was
3: massive in New Zealand yeah, and oh, Australia. Wow. It was huge. Like, that was our, we would have sing-star parties. Huh. Oh, that was like a rock bands. kind of bad. For embarrassing. me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, we would. It was great, you know? It's how I know all the words to um I've Got You, Babe. <laughs> from Sunny and yeah. Share.
4: Mm-hmm. Wow. People had uh had rock band parties here. Yeah. Parties like that.
2: that was that was definitely a big thing. And we yeah. even like brought that out once or twice in the office in the last like two years and people would still gather around to play. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I'm curious for you guys because for me, I don't have like big topics I want to discuss on the show. I just want to hear from all of you sort of about like how 2019 was, do you think, in gaming and for you personally with gaming and, you know, just life in general? Because I do think this was a weird year where throughout the year so much we would always be like, it's such a quieter year, like 2020 is going to be great. Or remember the great games that came out in 2018? And I think all those things are true and valid, but I do think there were a lot of great games this year. Mm-hmm. I do think it was a good year, but how was it for all of you?
4: It It felt like a collection of really good games, like yeah. probably more than we've ever had in a single year, but nothing that was really like top tier moves the industry forward forever type of stuff but that's kind of okay i think yeah. it reminded me a lot of i believe 2014 was sort of similar where it was we had a pretty similar game of the year debate here at IGN where it was like one or two games were sort of neck and neck, and then there was like five games that were like kind of evenly split. Um, I find those years really interesting and fascinating because it means that there's a lot more sort of a diverse spectrum in terms of what everybody's playing. Yeah. Um, and it's less clear cut than just like the entire staff yelling God of War at the exact same time, which was a phenomenal game, but I don't really feel like we had anything this year that was at that level. Even something like Red Dead, which like, like it or not, that's one of the biggest, most polished video games ever made. Obviously, it's got some hiccups in it, but who cares? Um, We didn't really get anything like that, right? And so that being said, it gave a lot of smaller AA or even single A games (laughs) an excuse to sort of have more space to swim around. It gave a lot of indies some love, which I'm a huge fan of. So, yeah, it was was a cool year.
3: Yeah, I think that it was definitely um, a gap year it was not a year that people will super remember mm-hmm. um but as altano said like it did highlight it got it, it got the it gave the smaller games that would never have seen the light of day um a, a massive amount of attention and and you know it spoke volumes to me that Resident Evil 2 the race for game of the year for IGN was very very tight yeah. between Control and Resident Evil 2 and i think that's Awesome. In any other year, Resident Evil Two would have been remembered as like a great game that um, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like it was, it was, it was a really, really, really fantastic game, and I feel like it's received more love because it's yeah. been a quieter year.
2: Yeah, and I feel like it's also really helped the trajectory of that franchise because after RE Seven, the Resident Evil franchise before that was coming on a bit of a downturn, obviously, and then RE Seven brought it back for a lot of people, but it wasn't classic Resident Evil. <laughs> And seeing that they can still do that and do it so well, I think has really bumped that back into our collective like consciousness a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, Resident Evil has always been around, but the way we talk about horror games currently in the state of future horror games is like, it's yeah. a major player.
4: The Revelations series series came close. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Resident Evil 2 is just sort of like, they built that on a pre-existing structure and that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's with characters you remember and you really connect with. And it, yeah, that's... It was a really cool game it's really awesome that that happened this year
0: remakes are also pretty important in in games because there's that mechanical level where stuff is it's more difficult to go back to and and not in like a challenging fun way but in just a weird like whether it's a matter of tracking down the hardware you need to do it or just like stupid quality of life things that makes i don't know like manually having to save is like a weird kind of relic i like that in, in resident evil it's like kind of gamifies it but like I mean it's we're getting more and more remakes. We're getting more of that and or even sort of spiritual successors. It's kind of cool to look at like the PS4's library and you're like, "Oh, it's got uh it's got God of War, it's got Spider-Man, it's got Resident Evil 2. It's like it's got Shadow of the Colossus." You're like, "All right, which generation are we talking about here?" Right. You know, it's kind of it's a sort of, you know, taking greatest hits and like giving them kind of a fresh coat of paint and mm-hmm. modernizing the right parts of them. Um it's cool to have that. But yeah, it's I I don't know. I was talking to somebody about this last night and like um, I mean, Sekiro, obviously, people were really stoked mm-hmm. on. Everyone, yeah. A lot of people really like that. Game Awards Game of the Year. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show.
2: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January second, wherever podcasts are available.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wish I mean I maybe I'll maybe I'll have like the bloodborne thing with that and I'll go back in three years when everyone's done <laughs> talking about it and be like, I love this game and everyone's like, Okay, buddy, thanks, you know. But um yeah, it's 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 odd. It's just sort of yeah. It's been a t- strange year. I think um, what's that? Uh, what's that old uh, the old arcade game that's all animated? The Don Bluth one, Dragon Slayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think FromSoft should do Dragon Slayer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I think they should do <laughs> a kid a kid friendly FromSoft game. That's I mean, like- Dragon Slayer yeah. is basically like
4: a stripped down rhythm game, and Sekiro kind of is a rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like that that game is way more about like parries and strikes and timing perfectly than yeah. than sort of the other games in their spectrum, but. Yeah, I I saw some people sort of being like, "Oh, oh, that that game winning a a game of the year award um, is proof that they don't need like an easy mode, and that journalists can suck it." And a friendly reminder: journalists voted for the game of the year award for for that. Yeah,
2: yeah, we we, ninety percent of the vote that was. That That said, though,
4: um, it is it is definitely. I I said on the show when that debate was spiking on, which was part of this incredibly long year, that uh, ultimately sales will dictate. Whether or not they ever want to patch a mode like that in, and the game hold really well yep. and it won awards, so they're gonna stick to their vision. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, love it or love it or leave it for for some, I guess. You know.
2: Yeah, and I mean something like Jedi Fallen Order, which is Souls-esque, had difficulty modes. Yep. And so there are options. It may not just be the from soft game you want to play. Mm-hmm. but yeah. There are definitely games that are approaching that. I don't, does Ashen? I haven't gotten to start it yet, but does that have difficulty modes? Or no. Okay.
4: No. Um, which is an interesting one because that's actually you can't grind and, and level up in the traditional way in that. Yeah. And so that's the thing about bloodborne is that like there, the from soft easy mode was always ring a bell and stranger from the internet will come and help you. And that was like their way of sort of being like, you can get through this. You, you won't have a toggle to make all the enemies, you know, doughier or whatever, but, like, you push this button and somebody comes and kills the boss for you.
0: You know how terrifying that it is? Like, that's how terrifying Bloodborne is, is that strangers from the internet are a good thing.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, a, a
0: <laughs> phantom has arrived <laughs> with an axe. Yeah. I like to see him. It's it's good.
3: I, um, I was so determined to beat every boss by myself. Um, and I did end up beating the final bosses by myself, um, and I'm proud of that. In Bloodborne? In Bloodborne. Yeah, same. But, um... God there were there were just a couple of times where I was like I have to ring that goddamn bell yeah like I just have to no, dude, I have to I have to for my own sanity and for my own enjoyment of this game
4: that lanky white guy he's like not I'm, I'm not just calling him a white guy he's like an incredibly Me? pale man no he, he carries a huge bag like a and he like whips your ass on the beach. I forget his name. I hate that guy. <laughs> that, that guy. I straight up. I was like, I'm good at this. I'm really good at this game. And I got to him and just died like 40 times in a row.
0: And I was like, ding, 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 for ding. Me, th- for me, yeah.
3: for me, it was the. It was like the three dudes. Like you know how there are like three separate guys. The witches or those? Oh, those guys. No, it was like <laughs> They're th- funny. Three different guys, and you have to like, and they all have. They all come and attack you at once, and they've all got different styles. Of oh, the, sh- the
0: shadow of Yarnum. Yeah. I think good. so. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm, I'm, I just di- like I died to those guys over and over and over, and I was starting to feel that, like...
0: There's, like, a proper pecking order. Yeah, that well, frustration. I, feel, I feel the life, like, That was one of those ones where I, like, stu- kind of stumbled on them by accident and, like, wasn't fully pre- prepared and then died in, like, just cartoonishly record time. So, as you can see, 2019 was a phenomenal year for... Or still Bloodborne. talking about Bloodborne. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we
2: had... When we were uh audio only for a brief period, there were, like, a good two or three episodes where all we talked about was Bloodborne. Yep. And as someone who has not played that game, I love hearing you guys talk about that Yeah.
3: Well, especially because, <laughs> like, Altano and I haven't... Like it sounds like we haven't played for a little bit. Like we don't remember necessarily the names of all the guys. So it's just like the three guys with their strange, and they're all wearing cloaks and the tall lanky man man with the tall lanky white
0: person. The the lore in those games is like so wonderfully kind of like opaque that you have to describe stuff like that. Mm. And it's you're like, did you get to the hallway of the wet dogs? And you're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) My I I got my friend into it over um over Thanksgiving. We got like just supremely drunk, and I was like, no, I think about Bloodborne, you got Bloodborne, Bloodborne's great, and he's like, texted me the other day, and he's like, he's he's in there, like he's he's hooked, he's, he's into it, and I'm like so happy about that, but again, he's like, he's like, hey, what's up with these guys with like sombreros, and they show up with a big bag, or they like try to hit you in the head, and I was like, oh yeah, one of them will kidnap you, and take you to like a, a jail, but it's like a school, and if you're going to the basement, it's full of witches, but there's cool stuff there, and you can leave, but you can't come back unless you go later. And then there's a big guy covered in lightning in the hall. And I like, love that when you're like, "I'm I'm done. I got out
4: of the jail," and you walk outside, and it just goes like,
0: <laughs> "Yeah." Like the skeleton
4: man drops from the. Sky. It's oh, so it's good. Dark Beast Parol. It's so good. Honestly, like, Sek- girl kicks ass. I yeah. really want them to do. I want them to get back into yeah. something kind of spooky again. Yeah.
2: Well, well, we I know they're think... doing Elden Ring next. Yes.
4: I, I hope that game has some horror so, stuff. But there. like, yeah.
3: From does horror better than anyone. I think this is the thing. Like, we forget that that Bloodborne and the Souls games are genuinely, bone-chillingly terrifying. Yeah. Like, they are just so... they they are They are the closest thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And this is like... Film included to an actual like nightmare that I mm. that I have experienced in reality. Like well, they, they are. Make, they s- make you
0: value your 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 stuff in the game. Like yeah. They make you actually like you're like I don't want to lose here. Therefore, there are stakes. Yeah. And well, for these things that you're fighting are like oh, and they're they're actually difficult. Like they're, they're, you are you are fighting for your life in a sense. You know? Yeah. That's, That's actually, it, th- it. Feels like, is, that. like a lot
4: of modern horror games are uh, take place in a very familiar setting. Like. Like a, like a house or a hospital or something like that. And with a
3: discarded yeah, wheelchair. Yeah. And
4: they're first person mm-hmm. and, and a meat locker for some reason. Yeah. And you sure. don't really think about inventory. And when you die, you just go back to the checkpoint. But Bloodborne and, and the, you know, the, the spookiest Souls like games are the ones that take all of that, but then couple in that sort of like Chinatown Wars feeling of like I have a trunk full of heroin and I'm getting pulled over by the cops. Like it takes all of that and then it gives you 15,000, you know, period points or blood balls or whatever the heck they're called. Blood balls. And tampon, do, magical tampons. Uh,
3: they're definitely cool period points. Yeah, right?
4: Um, no, that's like a weird subplot in Bloodborne. Um, and you, you're you, you basically like, all right, I could take one more swing at this like horrible tree man full of snakes <laughs> or I could run back and save, dump all my points into something and you're like, ah, screw it. I'll wiggle my arm in the air. And he's just like, bah! and kills you and throws up blood on you and you die and you lose everything. Like, that's what's great. And that, that's missing in overlast or
0: whatever (laughs) dumbass other hard well that's just like a a bald guy just grabs your legs and then you have to crawl under something yeah yeah. and it's one of those it's it's weird because like there's you know there's survival like survival horror games have been so kind of that's always been the main horror medium you know and i feel like action horror is like less of a thing yeah generally it's like if you're playing an action game it's sort of a given that you're going to be able to kick a thing's ass and bloodborne's like yeah but what if it was like action-packed but still scary but you still had to survive but, like, it's that, not... but
3: that's the thing i think that like from software understands that action horror can be genuinely like scary because survival horror like like outlast and games like that like they 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 have their own little um corner of the horror market and they do a really good job within that little corner but you know what you're getting into when you play like a like an outlast like a survival horror like yeah. you know that you are completely helpless you know that you um, are just running from point A to point B, and you're just going to be completely stressed the whole time. But what from software games do is that they give you just this little bit of power, and you're still as 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 you guys say, like there are still stakes, but you are able to fight back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So which is almost almost more terrifying. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then then they made like that VR game about fairies, Durocene, which that I was reviewed. Odd. Yeah. yeah.
3: Was that good? I I gave
2: it a good review. Yeah, I mm-hmm. gave it somewhere in the 7s. Um it it felt like a first go at something for sure. Um but having not really played a lot of From games but knowing sort of the ethos around a lot of them, it felt like it was in its last third
3: kind of getting at a From right. game. Right. Uh, it wasn't
0: it wasn't scary, right? It n- was like it was not until eerie the end. but okay. Yeah,
3: like it's still uneasy. Like yeah. I don't think From can make a game that isn't unsettling in some way. The
2: thing about that game that's unsettling is knowing that it's from From. Right. And the first two thirds of it are very. You are just a kid at this like boarding school uh, orphanage sort of thing, and it's about you going. You're you're a ghost essentially, and you can kind of go through time to see what's happened uh, with the people around you, but it's this weird thing where everything is so upbeat to an extent like it's so upbeat that something feels off like there there has to be something wrong here and you're trying to figure out what that wrong thing is and as it gets Keep us the... for breakfast is yeah. it saint swiven's day already Yeah, it <laughs> is. It is. <laughs> that's that game for the first two thirds and you're like i'm just going around checking if there's a cat in the corner okay <laughs> Time for the next day. And then you get to the last third, and they're like, yeah, here's a lot of lore about fairies and the dark side of fairies and how some of them want to steal your souls and things. And it's like, oh, there's a whole nother world here mm. that you are just getting to. That's bizarre. And I wish... I saw what that game is. Yeah. Like, I, I would love a sequel, if only to know what that well, world would become.
0: We talk about them in the sort of this, the the post Souls and Bloodborne kind of era, but they've been around forever. Yeah, like I mean, I'm I'm I kind of want to see what does an armored core game look like? Yeah. Yeah. now like what is what is a post Souls armored core game? That yeah. sounds like it could be really cool. They also have like you know the stuff they're kind of like, what is it like? Demons Field or like Clock Tower or something? There's like like PS One oh, Overlast. <laughs> No, there's uh, Kingsfield, I think, was the, was one of the first ones that was sort of chipping away at that, yep. that formula but it's so weird looking at those now because they just look like kind of haunting and, and pretty janky
2: yeah. uh, Kingsfield, Armored oh, yeah. Core, Shadow Tower, Echo Knight Spriggan, Framegride it field
0: This Spriggan and guy yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Echo Knight 2 From Software, well-known publishers of Spriggan <laughs> <laughs> I should totally do that for a headline <laughs> at some point uh, Spriggan developers announced so, Bloodborne too. <laughs> Elden
0: Ring, I'm really curious about because that's got, that's got George R. R. Martin involved who is, uh, I would say, known for being a verbose man. Those books are cubes. He likes to write lots and lots of words whereas FromSoft games, are, they have lore but it's sort of buried. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Kind of a, it's, you have a, to
3: discover it yourself.
0: I mean, it's an odd pairing in the same way that like Activision was an odd publisher for Sekiro and it's sort of like, hmm, this is going to be either like this is gonna be the roughest around the edges Activision game or the most polished from game like yeah. what does that look like?
2: It'll be really interesting to see there's we don't really know more other than who's involved. It's based in a world of dark fantasy and
3: I told you there. guys about that time that I interviewed Miyazaki and at e three no I don't think so okay, so I interviewed him and we were in this room you know at e three where like there are meeting rooms and like they're just kind of pulled together like at the last minute. And so I was interviewing him, and I was very nervous because obviously he's just an incredible developer and. Get good. uh, Yeah, a big, big hero of mine. And suddenly, like, this panel off the side of this meeting room just fell down onto the floor. And, like, it apparently screwed with all the wiring because the room just suddenly went pitch black, like, just black. And everyone screamed. Everyone screamed at once. <laughs> the translator, myself, the PR person, and him. Like, we all screamed. And then I was like, huh, okay. Um, should we just keep going? And he was like, uh, and he said yes. And we just did the, inter- the rest of the interview in the dark. Because he was such a legend. That It
2: would have been more unnerving if he
3: hadn't laughed.
2: Yeah, I feel like it would have been like a real life escape room that he was creating for you, but yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean,
0: I love that. I, I think I pitched this a million years ago, but like, we, like doing like a Dark Souls preview, like Prepare to Die edition, where you like try to you start it repeatedly and then things keep screwing up and you're like, sorry, I've got to try that again. Anyway, so Dark Souls, well, you know, just we're trying to go to E3, and someone just like you walk in the door and someone like punches you in the face. <laughs> like a giant ball rolls down the stairs and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> see, sad. I like that you weren't allowed to pause your interview.
3: Yeah. meeting times are booked but like meeting times are so tight and also he was so he's you know people often characterize him as being very reserved and not like you know not liking interviews and stuff like that Um, but I found him to be very uh, wanting to talk and actually here's something that I uh, that is my claim to fame when I eventually leave this business Uh, I uh, introduced him to Neil Druckmann oh yeah in sh- two legends
4: where's that game
2: yeah right yes. yeah that'd be fascinating speaking of neil that's a great transition i was trying to think of one that whole time and you just gave me that um we're looking at a very interesting year for sony to come i kind of want to talk about the juxtaposition of 2019 and 2020. Did you say juxtaposition. The juxtaposition. I the wish I had juxtaposition uh, of 2019 and 2020 for Sony because, and I don't think we have to, you know, dig back into how we felt about some of the releases from this year. We've obviously talked about that on the show a lot. But you I think you
0: want to talk about Resident Evil 2 some more. We can just just keep talking. About, I'm good. Yeah. I'm or good. Bloodborne. I, I, I'll can play this whole eventually. episode
3: just be about like horror? Let's talk about I mean, indie basically. horror movies from 2019. The oh, Lighthouse.
2: The Lighthouse
4: oh, is
3: really that's good. That's what I want yeah. to talk like about. <laughs> that one. Real surprise there.
2: Um, this was a year where Sony started State of Plays. They didn't go to E3. They came off the f- year where they stopped doing PSX officially. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they okay? It, there were a lot of staff turnovers at high levels that we saw. Herman Holst is now at the head of Worldwide Studios. Shuhei Yoshida is in a different role. Uh, they're sort of focused on a globalization plan for their three major territories. And they're now going into the year... Of the ps5 and two of their biggest first-party releases of the generation how do how do we feel about sort of the state of sony going into
3: 2020 i'm in, in the sort of position where i have faith and and like, i i love sony as as a as a publisher i think sony is an incredible um publisher insofar so far as it lets people flex creatively in ways that are incredibly unusual. Mm-hmm. Like, even though David Cage, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, does not like me, um, I love the fact that Sony lets him make the games that he makes. I think Sony is a very brave publisher. Um, I, With that said, I, I think I went into 2019 thinking that Sony's kind of absence and silence was very much... Um, you know very part of some big plan right and i think that maybe i was a little wrong i think that maybe it wasn't part of some big plan um especially when we look back at how we've received ps5 news and stuff like that like and all of the shakeups in and, and upper management i think that you know it's had a tumultuous year i think we haven't heard the full story about what's gone on behind closed doors uh but i With that said, I am so fascinated to see what's going to come next year because at this point I have no idea.
4: Yeah, I think 2020 is going to be a phenomenal year for them software-wise. Hardware-wise remains to be seen. Um, I have no doubt that the PS5 is going to kick ass. I have no doubt it's going to be an awesome-looking system. It's going to have like tons of great features. Um, That said... Console launches are tricky. Things break, things go bad, things explode, things uh, ship without the games you want them to ship with. They don't do the things you want them to do that eventually get patched in. Basically, uh, us, you know, the guinea pig suckers that go in and buy something on day one, which I've always been guilty of, help uh, essentially test it for future markets to come in later when it's usually priced cheaper and there's better features. So, uh it's going to be a really fascinating November uh, assuming both of those systems that and the new Xbox launch at the same time uh cuz you're going to have this giant console war again and you know that first to 10 million is a is a big deal. Yeah. Um and before all that it's going to be a great year for games. So no matter what like if you're a PlayStation fan next year is going to kick ass in some way. I do think there's going to be some uncertainty with PS5. I hope that's not directly connected to the departures recently. Um but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see.
2: Max, what about you?
0: I mean, I'm very excited to see what happens. Um it's I mean, obviously they're on top of the world with the PS4. PS4 is I I was just thinking about it. It's like really wonderful system like just really i don't have a lot of complaints there it, yeah it does what it's, it's supposed great. to do it's yeah yeah um this generation from microsoft has been kind of a, a weird like redemption arc where like they started off like completely just just tripping on their own feet and just being like here's this the five the five hundred dollar box with the thing that nobody wants attached to it and it's huge and it, we don't with only a few games and then they've gradually kind of been hard at work kind of like turning things around and they just you know announced a new box which is a little bit a little bit weird and funny but like it's kind of cool to see them be like okay but now we've we've rearranged stuff we've bought up studios we're like we're working on it like big ships are hard to steer and it's like this is something we're seeing with you know s- massive corporate hardware manufacturers mm-hmm. and then Sony's on top of the world so like they could stay on due course and completely just be like okay no complaints over here or they could completely just completely screw up which would be i don't know interesting Frustrating, probably. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's it, it, at the end of the day, like competition is always good for for consumers, and it's like to see like you know to see these two sort of giants going at it and being like, oh, how do we how do we you know how do we either stay on due course or get people over on our side? It's yeah. going to be exciting, and I don't know. It's it's new hardware. It's always it's always fun on some very stupid childish level. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's like, always an exciting. I time.
3: you know for all we sort of berate console wars for being childish, you know, there's still a part of me that's like, yeah. Do it. What's gonna like happen? Yeah, this year? Like, yeah like punch him in the face. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. Be, like, there's that like childlike, basic Neanderthal. Yeah, because we're part so, of me, dummies. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun to watch. Like, we all had a great time before the PS4 came out. Of the here's how you share games. Oh God, yeah. yeah. That was one of the biggest watershed moments for how this generation ended up going. Yes. And Lucy, you were talking a little bit about the intentionality of Sony, and especially in the last year, and whether or not it was an intention plan and Max with Xbox. they're both at such different places because Xbox, I feel like we have seen an intention plan. They have, they decided, like when Phil Spencer seemed to have come in and maybe within a year of that, he decided we're not going to win this generation, let's look ahead. And everything they have done for the last three years, I'd argue, has been we're getting there. Like we know we can't win everyone this time, so we'll win the the hardcore for now and then focus on expanding next time. Whereas Sony has won, you know, Theoretically, and so they are doing a lot of things late in the life of the PS4. It's been really interesting to watch Like within a year span. They're like, finally, you can change your usernames, but it comes with these hiccups. We're starting cross-play, but it's in beta, and we're only doing it on select uh, games. They've now updated that, of course. We're adding a PS4 DualShock 4 attachment in the last year of the console. Like There are a lot of late-game things they are doing that mm. it feels like they're finally... Deciding to catch up, I don't know. Do you guys feel like that's sort of the no, totally. Of, like, I mean, definitely. you don't you
4: don't try as hard when you're number one. Yeah, yeah. Because you're already you're sitting on you're, your laurels. You're there already, yeah. right? Well, you're if, not. You're like, like, I, like I've been. I've been married for five years. I exercise less than people who are single <laughs> because they're like, I got to get out there and really sell this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't have to sell it anymore. I mean, my wife doesn't want to hear that, but because I you have to try a little bit. And I don't want to just give up entirely. But I, I think that like Microsoft is, they have. They have to go out and fight and they have to win people back and sony's like we have like a hundred something million people that are here already and they're happy and they're gonna buy our games we're good we're good right and everyone's like maybe but every five or six years like the scales tip again and the allegiance gets thrown in the air for the average casual gamer obviously we have die-hard playstation fans on the show and listening to the show and uh, ryan McCaffrey has the same over on xbox and on on his side mm. but uh the average person goes where they think they're going to get the games that, that they love and the price is good at launch. And like, where their friends go. Yeah, yeah. and then where their friends go. So there's a lot of factors there. And so like every new console generation is is one to win. Um, every manufacturer has to sort of re re audition for the role and and reprove to the masses that they're the ones that that need to win. Um, And with these things being priced the way they're going to be priced, I think you're going to have less multi-platform users than almost ever before. If there are two $600 systems on the market, people are going to strategically pick the one that's right for them, and they're going to ride it out for the rest of the generation.
2: Well, and there's been people who have talked about, I think even uh, Bo Moore, our executive uh, tech editor was talking in a conversation and with Ryan McCaffrey and pretty much was like, no, I think this the Series X might be a 1,000. And here's why compared to high-end PCs and what it might require. Yeah. And he kind of convinced Ryan during that convo it could be higher because if they are going for a dual approach of a cheaper model for more mass adoption and the high-end thing that is going to really push the power of where games can go... That might really change the game as well. We haven't we haven't seen game consoles go beyond six hundred at launch of a generation. Really, I can't. Yeah. Think of-
4: I mean, if you start specking out like your own incredibly high end PC, you're gonna start you know scratching at numbers like that eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there is a there is a disconnect though. I think like with we we will spend that on certain things and not on other things. And with video games, it's always been sort of. Accepted that like the three hundred four hundred dollar price range for a console launch is the right way to go. Anyone who's dared to go higher than that has been almost immediately laughed out of the room. Yeah.
0: Well, it's you look at those sort of those wonderful graphs of like console prices at launch adjusted for inflation. Yeah. And there's like, oh yeah, here's that that Atari that put that company in the ground or whatever. It's like, <laughs> oh, that one was like twelve hundred dollars or what? You know? It's, yeah. Or like in television or whatever. It's just it's it's bizarre that you know we always think of sort of this sweet spot in the same way that games are. You know, we're like, ah, oh, there have always been sixty dollars, and it's like, mm, not so much. Yeah, you but know. also, yeah. you
3: know, you got to—it's easy to forget that, uh, you know, from from my end of the world, uh, consoles cost nine hundred ninety-nine dollars at launch, yeah. right. and AAA games were really one hundred nineteen ninety-five at, at launch. It's like, you know, there's there's. There are it's, markets where there are, are markets yeah. where it's it's extraordinarily expensive. We yeah. we
4: said this in a, in a previous episode, but I really do think that bo- both of these companies need to roll out some sort of trade in process that's like fully maximized and then refurbish those systems and sell them in markets that have just now gained access to something like that. I like, think
3: I, I mean, you were talking about it in the last podcast. Um, you sort of mentioned that you traded in your PS3, I think, for you to. to make your PS4 like only a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, it was my four, four for, for my pro.
4: pro. Yeah. Right. Okay. I did the same thing with my regular launch. I did my, my day one edition Xbox One.
3: Was that a GameStop? Yeah. Because I guess for me, you know, my question is now GameStops are a, a sort of shuttering all around the country. Uh is that even a feasible option for most people now?
4: No. And that's I mean that's where it starts to get difficult. Uh, the thing is about GameStop is that a lot of towns have like three or four of them. So that's that one's right. also kicking around. Yeah, yeah, Best Buy does trade-in program, and, but they they killed off their video game trade-in program. Did they? This oh, generation. Did they not trading for all? hardware. I'm not sure about hardware. Yeah, uh, they,
2: especially with the new generation, they might reopen that. Yeah, but that's a weird thing because I was just thinking about. We talked a little bit about it in the last episode, but like, I will pay a thousand dollars for my new phone, but it's because one, I can trade in directly to Apple my yep. new phone or to my phone provider, and I can pay it off monthly yes. and installments, and there are all these. Things that make that thousand dollar dent not feel like the dent that it is. Yeah. yeah. In the same way that a five hundred dollar console will feel.
4: Video dead. games generally, and consoles especially, skew younger. Um, and while a kid might be able to scrounge up twenty, twenty five bucks a month, getting six hundred dollars all at once is basically impossible. When, when you're six hundred dollars is like six million dollars. Yeah, it's just not feasible. And so I, I I love that about about phones because yeah you just they send you a box and you mail in your old one and they give you some money back for it and it's the the entire process is handled perfectly. I mean my phone now I don't even own it and never will. I just sort of rent it and every year they're like, do you want the new one? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, cool, it's the exact same price because nobody. I mean I have no reverence for sort of old like I don't want like an iPhone four. <laughs> you I yeah, do want an
0: iPhone four. That was a good phone,
4: was it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, maybe like, like the my little, 6S. little square
0: edges. The buttons were cool. It's a great I think phone. that was the, the one I buttons. dropped in the toilet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, the thing we're about like old, to do that. old phones, said that. It old
4: phones will basically like, do not that. play any any new games on them anyway, or even some old games. Yeah, like some the, old games apps won't even stop support. Yeah, they get, yeah. they get, they all got spec'd out. Whereas like if you got a PS two and you got a stack of games. You know, you can you can hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a I've good time.
2: Been, I've been slowly trying to like rebuild a GameCube library yep. because it's just so hard to get those games and a lot of them are still fun to play. But yeah, it's a different thing where if I want new apps on the iPhone, I'm not looking for my older iPhone to
0: play them.
4: Yeah. And, and so I think if either of these companies start scratching at this six hundred to a thousand dollar range, like they're going to have to really figure out how to get how to make that work for people.
0: From the makers of games as a service, consoles as a service. Yeah, yeah. right? It's well, I mean insane. Xbox has that trading program we've
2: talked about a little bit. Yeah. They seem to be sowing the seeds. Again, Xbox seems to be sowing seeds pretty publicly for what their mm-hmm. intentions are going forward. And their intentions are, and I think we had this a very long discussion in the office just hanging around uh, your and Max's desk of just what can these console makers do to get us in at this these price points and these services and all this stuff. And yeah, I think they need to start operating as more fully-fledged businesses in that regard and not just focus on getting the box in.
4: There are giant sweeping geographical locations all over the earth that would kill for a like consumer-priced, refurbished PlayStation 4 because they're not really looking for the cutting-edge stuff. It's just not feasible where they are yet. And buying back a PS4 from someone like me and going under the hood, making sure everything works and selling it back to a new consumer at a fraction of the price works for everybody. And then I take that money and I put it directly towards my five and it's less of a sting. Yeah. Yeah. and
3: No, God, that's so, so accurate. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I was so angry at the time when the Xbox one launched and well, and it was the whole suite of promises were (laughs) just so forward, just far too forward thinking. Like I, I love, I love where their brains at theoretically, but, like we didn't have in in australia we didn't have like half of the stuff we yeah. we wouldn't have had access to half of the stuff right that they were promising and it's just like we're this is australia like this yeah. is a pretty functional <laughs> you know like country yeah. um and you just sort of think god the rest of the world like yeah. there are so many as you say there are so many uh countries and 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 People who don't have access to half of the things that... Yeah. I then... mean, there's,
4: there's a deep history of the E3 right before a console launch mm. being essentially a giant snake oil convention. I mean, the amount of times that Max and I watched videos... That Nintendo had done, um, where Reggie Fizomay held up a 3DS for the first time and was like, "Avatar is one of the highest-grossing movies of all time, and soon you'll be able to watch it on your 3DS in 3D without glasses," which literally never happened. Yeah, like movies never came to that platform in That's in a 3D completely space. Completely baffling. Like uh, th- there was th- a, there was a whole
0: thing with the Wii U where it was like, it was like sort of proto Amiibo, where it was like you putting a toy on the screen and then it was and it, using it to like. There were all these games that just didn't just didn't exist. They were like non-existent tech demos.
4: Kinect had the thing where you could scan your skateboard. Yeah. And it would Milo appear in a game. Milo was a whole thing. Like, oh, that God. never happened.
3: Oh. I still go back. Montlux. like If I've had a few drinks, I still go back and watch that Milo demo. Just because it's... Such a weirdo. It's so fascinating to watch it back. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. And the, the woman who's demoing it I would love to know her story because it's just such like it's such a weird fascinating creepy uh, completely
0: unreasonable was it it effect, it's like the thing one from the exercise it was commercial. <laughs> yeah. called like Project Natal Project yeah. Natal <laughs> yeah which is like so a, I, just a creepy name
4: I will say in terms of like promises we've heard so far that I hope not only come true but I hope get stolen across the board from everybody is Microsoft teasing that you'll be able to suspend Multiple, multiple games. video games yeah. at once. That's great. That's awesome. I want that on PlayStation so bad. Like yeah. to be able to have like, you know, Fallen Order, God of War, and three other games just suspended waiting for me mm-hmm. and not like you that you can bounce between those things is just really, really awesome.
2: Especially having some of the smaller games. Like I love having Beat Saber on my PS4 to play all the time, but I wish I didn't have to cancel out of Fallen Order while I'm playing that yep. to just go play for 20 minutes or something. Like I wish I could easily swap.
4: Yeah. So those are the kind of like small quality of life tweaks that i want to see yeah across the board because i don't think this is going to be one of those like the first time you tried vr the first time you used the joystick and to move mario and mario 64 i, I think like we're not going to have a, a, rev- a revolution like that but i do think there's going to be a bunch of little things that we're going to be like how do we live without that
0: yeah that's no, that's, that's kind of that's exactly it because it's i don't know the fun part is the games yeah the fun part is never the console there's like Maybe Nintendo has some, you know, cute nonsense in the menu or whatever. But for the most part, these are like, and the Xbox avatar creator was pretty good. But like, for the most part, it's like, it's, they're just, they're, they're, they're means to an end. They're, they're machines, you yeah. know, and that's sort of fundamentally boring, but like anything they can do to like, get out of the way of you playing the game. That's great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well,
2: and that's the interesting approach that the two are taking is Xbox is, they just want you to buy the game more than the series X right now. Like you'll be able to play Halo Infinite on your Xbox one, your one X, your one S series x whatever other one they have your pc right now for ps4 games you can play them on your ps4 or ps4 pro yeah
0: but the jokes on them how do they make me want to play halo infinite hmm? that's true Uh, if
2: they make it like halo 2 again i'll play it Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah it's gonna be a really fascinating rollout to watch because yeah this generation shift is unlike any other we've had before Mm -hmm. Um,
4: and like the way we've been theorizing that there could possibly be something in february we are incredibly close to that that's like five weeks away yeah they gotta
2: send us invites soon um but speaking of like other sony stuff in 2020 right now because i had to uh, write this piece for lucy like the state of sony first party games right now we probably know the least amount of first party games than we ever have before yep um maybe give or take but right now we know last of us and ghost and we know dreams which has been perennial and
0: uh what are you laughing at Dreams, which was announced when they announced the, the PS4. PS4, is yeah. finally
2: coming out in full next year, and MLB the Show. But that's all we know. There's.
3: I so want Dreams. <laughs> Dreams has just had such a confusing rollout, um, yeah. because you know it was in early access, and very few PlayStation 4 games are in early access, yeah. com- comparative to PC, for example. Yeah. Um. And I think people have been very confused about that, <laughs> and like I, I want it to do well because it's made by such a magnificent studio and the the goodwill behind it is so great um and theoretically it's an incredible tool um but it is unlike anything else it doesn't it doesn't have a it doesn't have a place in the market that i can sort of see Uh, yeah i
4: I do think that the messaging and rollout has been convoluted but i think it's going to ultimately work in favor of the game because when you launch that game at retail the day it comes out, February fourteenth, correct? Yeah. Um, there will be thousands of creations, assuming that they yeah. can roll all. Those they things. are. They're yeah. everything's
2: mo- that you've created is moving. in. And
4: instead of like showing up to this barren wasteland and getting there day one and being like, "I, I what, what, do I? What, I have to make something." Like you'll have this like entire suite of inspiration in front of you. There'll be like a hundred terrible nightmare Sonic games and like <laughs> a weird broken Zelda where he has long legs. Yeah. And like that that Pokemon thing that we played there's also like what there's oh, a, a cuphead what about the one where like we played that weird game where they went into a supermarket and was like farting and pissing on everything? <laughs> like Sonic
3: wasn't it
0: Sonic it was Sonic yeah. Wait. was he was really excited about cheese yeah
3: didn't oh, he, yeah. did he make some sort of a noise like, yeah.
0: oh yeah they did so they were like oh yeah Jaleel White voices Sonic the Hedgehog in the old cartoon we'll just do an Urkel impression yeah and So it was just like hey cheese
4: <laughs> no I remember like I've talked about this in the show before but I, I played Little Big Planet a little bit later than everybody else did and right. I jumped in one day and just played through some campaign stuff and i was like that's it's quaint what a cutie and then i went into the like creator mode stuff and downloaded a level from the internet and it was just like this guy made this like totally like weed 420 infused flintstones level it was just like it was just like (laughs) fred being like bonnie let's get high and there's there's all these like cardboard cutouts of like wilma like high as hell
0: in all the corners and i'm like what the? <laughs> what is this game? Like, what is this? And do you know I mean, how high you have to be to make a Flintstones-inspired yeah. weed level
3: in, in a a Little Big point? Planet? It's just yeah.
5: like the
3: thought, of, the thought of some dude just being like.
0: <laughs> like, I think it is I probably, got an idea. <laughs> I think you, you would astral project before you did that. Yeah. I think your, your soul would leave your body yeah. and you'd be able to travel around as a phantasm before I, you were like, I'm high enough to think this is a great. I idea. honestly
4: like, I watch a ton of horror movies. I love them. They're one of my favorite genres. One of the scariest yeah. things I've seen all year was Max and I did a Let's Play of Something in Dreams that somebody made this, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was this, like, feverish thumping disco song where this large giant man was like gyrating while flat like do you remember
0: that yeah we like typed in sex in the search and that was the only thing that came up and it was very bad
4: (laughs) no it just it felt like when they like they jump in like the books in gumby or something and they get somewhere where they're like oh no and they immediately nope out so much of dreams is that like you're like you're like oh um what is this it's sexual Disco Tyrant. Okay, I'll click on that, and you go and it's just like gong,
0: gong, gong. and he's like ah ah ah, and you're like ah And you're like, is it, a, is it a game? It's like a story. It's just like a short movie. Thing. Yeah, like, just, just a- walk into it. Yeah. So th- I'm really excited for that.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I do agree. I I think I agree with both of you. I think the messaging behind Dreams from like the Sony level has been convoluted and it's hard to message, but also they haven't done the best job of it. But the fact that we'll have so much at launch, I think, will get anyone who's curious about it. A much better experience than had they not done this early access launch
4: yeah um, they should do like weekly community challenge stuff where they basically dole out a- assignments like an art teacher and they're like yeah they're like make a horse and everybody makes yeah. a different one and they're like you win
2: yeah uh red would you mind grabbing the door please i invited someone in it's not weird yeah. what? what don't worry it's not a. it's not is it santa it's i hope it's santa. santa i hope it's santa no. uh we'll see if why more are you people saying come. santa i don't know stupid <laughs> Uh, what would you guys want to see though from Sony first party in 2020 something we don't know like what is your go to Hi Janet come on hey, in Janet, Hi Janet. Janet come on in you can share my mic
5: Hi I'm Hi. here
4: Happy Hi. PlayStation to you
2: Happy and, and a happy PlayStation, PlayStation Sorry, to you Sorry, We don't really have more chairs if you don't and want Happy anything. birthday to Santa Claus Happy birthday to Santa Uh Janet we're talking about things we'd want to see from Sony first party in 2020 what is something you would want Dream Dream game Jack 4 Do you think they'll ever do it?
5: No, and I kind of hope they don't, but if they do I'll be first in line. Okay.
2: You you love have you guys are you big fans at all of the Jack series? Is I you know, I
3: am a massive this. fan of the Jack series. I played all those games when I was studying at university. You know when you're, you're studying and you just remember the games that you play like
5: It's so weird standing here.
3: But go like, yeah, on. Sure
5: right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I played um Doom 3, yeah, and the Jack series and Kingdom Hearts through university. I just remember playing those games really vividly and I loved, yeah, I loved the Jack series, and Janet, I know that you're a particular fan because I've seen all the art on your desk, and it's very impressive.
5: Yes, I have the uh, Limited Run Collectors editions of Jack 1, Jack 2, and Jack 3 is in the mail, so I'm going to have all of them lined up there. And it comes with, like, this crazy set of all these, like, baseball cards for the characters, and I have it in this little frame and in these little, like, card holders. It's very nerdy, and I love it so, so much. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's my, like, pie-in-the-sky thing. But uh, New God of War, also.
2: That wouldn't be bad. Uh, yeah, what about the rest of you guys? What would you love? An announcement, obviously not expecting releases too much, but if something were announced. Um,
4: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get crap for this, but I kind of hope Sony Santa Monica doesn't make another God of War. I think that game is perfect, mm-hmm. and I don't know if we need another follow-up sequel to an iconic PS4 game. We already have that with The Last of Us 2. Even that, like, I think, like, again we said it before but like that had such a perfect ending i'd be okay with that franchise just ending there that said i'm excited to see what they do next but for god of war that is just like a a perfect video game and i know there's no universe where they will get to make something other than a sequel to that game because everyone's asking for it and it makes a ton of money and it makes perfect sense but i would love to see Corey and the rest of those guys do something like interesting and different, and and catch me off guard.
0: I think I think their assignment should be taking uh, classic P- PlayStation franchises and then remaking them in a sad way so adult men cry. Yeah, and I want to see a Crash Bandicoot where he gets a divorce. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. I want.
3: thought that your re- like your realistic idea for Crash Bandicoot was having like a real Bandicoot wearing diapers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep talking about that. You can make that <laughs> in games. I'm sorry. I'm probably gonna do diaper Bandicoot and. <laughs> Craps <laughs> Bandicoot.
2: Uh, Lucy, what about you? Wait, sorry, what was the question? Uh, PS. <laughs> we're, we're wrapping up here, so it's fine. Uh, Sony first party announcement you would love to see next year. Pie in the sky, whatever.
3: Pie in the sky. I mean, I really want to see what Naughty Dog is going to do after The Last of Us. Like, I feel like Naughty Dog's trajectory has been um, wonderful, but very predictable. And I would love Naughty Dog to turn around and just be like, "Surprise! This is a brand new thing that like no one has ever heard of. This is a brand new IP. Uh, you know, we've been working on it for years. It's going to be on the PS5. Uh, mm. Like, you know, that's what I, that's what I'd love to see. Like, I I want to see Naughty Dog just surprise us with something new because they've been in the sequel business for a while. And when um, The Last of Us came out, it was just such a gut punch in a good way. And I want to experience that again
4: yeah we have six uncharted games now and a card game and i would love to see them. and two last of us and a dlc and then a multiplayer spinoff apparently um i'm totally with you seeing yeah. them do something like completely out of left field brand new story new characters new setting that would be totally fascinating
2: yeah crash Bandicoot.
4: max yeah. crash Bandicoot? yeah well so he's yeah that's like that a, he's old a new Bandicoot character
0: too. no I, I definitely would love to see like naughty dog do something new um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, just new stuff. New IPs, you know? Strange new reinterpretations of things we weren't expecting. Um, it's not first party, but we got word that Capcom registered Dino Crisis, which I'm pretty happy I about. I would go
3: insane if we saw a new Dino Crisis. I loved that game. And, like, I, it was just so... It's We haven't had a good dinosaur game for a while. No, actually, that's a, that's a lie. I did really enjoy Jurassic World Evolution. Oh,
5: do you count Horizon Zero Dawn as a dinosaur game? I actually I do. Of, yeah.
3: I there's like one dinosaur there. But people criticize the fact that there's only one... T- there's only technically one dinosaur. no, I there are no so dinosaurs. Robot dinosaurs.
5: There are robots. There's only one.
0: There were clock radios that were shaped like dinosaurs. Yeah,
5: there's also no zombies in Days Gone.
0: Ugh. Just freaking from, from
5: the same people. <laughs>
2: um... Yeah, I, I really want to see where the next generation of Sony takes us. Like, I know we're going to get sequels to stuff that I love this gen, and another Spider-Man, another God of War, another Horizon is not a bad thing in my book. But no. I, there's obviously so much creativity in those studios, and I really want to know where they go next. Yeah, and
4: if we get all of those things, I'm going to be completely happy and excited. But... It'd be cool to see them do something completely different
2: uh yes i wanted to bring in some of the people who have been the most frequent guests on beyond even though we only have four mics because okay. thank you um because i have been so thankful for getting to host the show with all of you and all of the people who aren't on the show currently who have been uh, and so i wanted to wrap up the show with sort of just a thank you to all of you uh to those who are not here thank you john ryan who's been on the show a bunch and has brought so much Enthusiasm and fun to the show. I love what are you doing behind me? It's, it's fine. fine. Just, uh, okay, we're doing a kumbaya. I feel like like the kids in the backseat of the car over here. It's like we're just like hanging out in the back. Your, oh, thank you. There's your mic. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, if I can just get sappy, uh, John Ryan has been on the show a bunch and has been an absolute blast to have on the show. Um, before he left us, I guess, or was that last year? When did Andrew leave us? It feels like it was both a year and five I don't years know. Ago. Good riddance. I, what? Well, I'm just kidding. How oh, dare you! Anyway, thank you to Andrew when he was on the show. Um, He is a big part of the reason why I listened to be on when I was younger, before I worked here, and when I was working here, why I was a reason, uh, he was a reason I was able to be on the show because he was my boss and said, okay, and let me... Not sit at my desk for that hour, and really, that made a huge difference. Being able you to know, come on the show and you talk. You know about why he did that
0: is because he was terrified of leaving his desk. Yeah, so. no, I know. Yeah. So
2: I took advantage of that and came on. You the show were like as our like substitute Goldfarb. Yeah. Like
0: I don't know. What if I get an email? And we're like I don't just.
2: <laughs> and I happily took it, and I have loved being on the show every time since. And Tom and janet thank you so much. I know that I can't count the number of times I've probably slacked each of you last second before a show because everyone's schedules on the show so crazy to be like hey can you be on uh here's the run a show please thanks and you uh, almost always have been able to just jump right in and have become such a part of the beyond extended family for me and it's been so great to have you on
3: dono i i I just also like we need to thank you i mean you regularly podcast with three quite older Rel- relatively cynical,
0: Grandfather. Tr- trying not to be. <laughs> Crotchety old pooches.
3: Crotchety old pooches on the regular. Grumpy
0: old codgers. Real whistlers.
3: I mean, a real elderly Irish Rich woman. woman. <laughs> uh, I just really want to thank you for... My middle-aged Greek friend over here. That's right. <laughs> for bringing like, your exuberance and your positivity and your passion for PlayStation and yeah, just your general just amazing vibes. It makes this podcast in particular such a joy to be on. Thank you. I really appreciate that.
2: Thank you. Thank you for the the what quiet clap. This
0: weird rotating clapping. That's... A round of applause. I agree oh, with it. all, God, that's all, all oh, thank I you. love it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and no, to you, Brian, Max, and Lucy, like, thank you so much for doing this show with me for this since I've started hosting. Like, Being a part of the show has meant so much to me in my time at IGN and being able to do the show with the three of you so often has been it, it is the highlight of my week every week because we get to come in here, and whether it's talking about PlayStation, whether it's talking about third-party stuff, whether it's talking about Bloodborne for the hundredth time, it is always so much fun.
3: It's our Pokemon. It
2: is. It is our Pokemon. We just we want you to play it.
5: That explains so much so many of our shows.
2: Bloodborne is the Pokemon of podcasts, yeah. Um, but no, being able to talk about all of these things with all of you What is... if instead
0: of being on fire, Ponyta was wet and dead? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's why I love hosting the show is because we talk about wet dogs a lot. Uh, No, just the joy and the insight and just the fun that you all bring to the show. For me and for, I know, the audience out there, it means so much to be a part of it uh, and to be able to spend this hour each week. Uh, We're going into probably what will be the craziest year at least I've ever covered and I think a lot of us have ever covered. Oh, god, so much fun. To know we're going to be all doing it together is going to be... So much fun, especially when conferences and state of plays and inside Xboxes all happen on the same days because they hate mm-hmm. us. But to be able to do all of that together is going to be so much fun. And I'm so thankful to be able to do it with all of you. Uh, so thank you for being part of the show. And thank you to Red, who started recently producing for us. Red! Red behind camera, come brought right, over come, some of the chairs. Come in.
0: Out? Come, come say hello. Come say come hi. Come
3: say hi.
2: Red's only been producing for us for a couple weeks now. But-
3: awesome. Guy. Awesome but new But you We love you, us. Red. Yeah. Right.
2: We Red. already love you. Yeah. Red, thank you so much for being part of the show now. Thank you to Ronnie who was our producer uh earlier rest this year peace. before he left. Yeah, rest in peace, Ronnie. Uh no, he created so many of the jingles that you either know and love or know and hate. Uh but we love them, uh the weird newsboy and all the things. I hope Ronnie starts sounds. doing those
0: in dreams. Just making like weird <laughs> yeah. beyond I love interstitials. That. Yeah. Just- <laughs>
2: He animates these shows and beyond. Uh, No, thank you so much for being a part of the show this year. Uh, I'm so glad we got to spend that time with you while you're working here. Um, And I wish you the best with everything else happening. Uh, Barrett, you left the show last year, so it doesn't count. Um, But no, thank you for being part of the show as well. Uh, I'm going long here, but I just want to say thank you so much to all of you. And thank you to the audience out there who's listened every week, whether you've tuned in for a week, every week, listened, watched, wrote in a memory card story. Thank you to everyone. We have so many left over and we're going to keep telling these stories in in the weeks to come but like thank you to so many people who have wanted to tell your stories and be willing and be open to share your life and your gaming stories with us it's meant so much and i'm so glad we can keep doing that uh in the weeks to come but i think that otherwise wraps up everything for the final episode of the year
4: i think this is the last podcast i'm recording in 2019 oh out of like a, i think i've done 150 i counted oh my god, oh
0: yeah. my
3: god. That's, that's
2: crazy that's it feels good yeah well, I'm glad I'm continues.
0: going to go to sleep.
2: <laughs> we're going to sleep for two weeks uh, and we're going to come back in 2020, hopefully a little refreshed, very excited about everything that we're going to have to cover next year. But it's going to be a joy to be able to do that for
4: you. I'm going to turn uh, code, I'm going to go over the Xbox. Podcast I believe
2: next it. Year. Yeah, you already do NBC. I, I wouldn't put it past it's you. Like
5: when the Verizon, it's like when the Verizon guy like left to the other network, like Sprinter. Did he do that? He did. He did indeed. That was oh. you.
0: <laughs> it's like when Kevin Butler was in that Mario Kart commercial. Wasn't that a thing? Did I have yeah,
2: Or he? Yeah. yeah he was people in. were really
0: mad no, about that. No, he was. He.
2: Yeah. Uh, and anyway. He was like,
0: I'm an actor.
4: It's not real. And they were like, I don't care. Get back in that PlayStation box. <laughs>
2: yeah. Stop. Start being an executive again. Yep. Uh Anyway, thank you so much for listening and to watching this episode of Beyond, episode 624. Usually, the show is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. This one might go up a little earlier uh, at beyond.igm.com, YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. That is where you can find us next year in 2020. Uh, I hope if you're celebrating anything during the holidays, you have a great holiday. If you're just taking some time off, spending time alone with your, all the games you need to catch up on, I hope you're enjoying whatever you're doing for these few weeks. Uh, we'll be back in 2020, and I hope you'll spend a little bit of each of your weeks with us, and otherwise, beyond. They're making a new PlayStation! <laughs> if you didn't hear, beyond.